0: know Frank? Yes, Frank Lopes is here with us at Seguin Chevrolet, guys. We're about to have some amazing training, and we also have two guests uh, uh, that are joining us from their own homes. Uh, From General Motors, we got Dan Millett and Mr. Craig Vickers. We appreciate you gentlemen being with us this morning, and uh, hopefully they have a little info for us, some good stuff for us that's going to help us keep taking both of our stores to the next level, guys. I know that's what they want for us. They're always there to support us. Uh, we certainly appreciate everything you guys do for both of our stores. Uh, and uh thank you all very much. Okay. Uh but anyway, uh want to get started. Again, we have Frank Lopes in the house, guys. Frank, how are you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing great, Alex. I'm doing fantastic. I- I'm so happy to be here. This is this is great because you know, I used to come and do this with you with the salespeople, you know, like a few times a year and everything. And it was great to have everybody in the room. It's a little hard right now to have everybody in one room, but we actually do have everybody together, which is fantastic. So this is great. I've been looking forward to this all week, and I'm super excited to get started. So let's go, man. Let's go. Well, you know, speaking of let's go, uh,
0: me and, uh, and and Frank just did a video about, about that, about coming to work and just saying, okay, it's showtime. Let's go. So, Frank, why don't you tell them what you told everybody on, on Facebook this morning about
1: coming ready
0: and, and actually doing it?
1: Right. So look, if you guys look, and it doesn't matter what industry, it doesn't matter where you're going to, what you're going to look into, if you go and you study the greats of anything, right, no matter what it is, you're going to uncover very, very quickly that there's one common thread and one common trait in all of them, no matter what industry, male, female, does not make a difference, okay? You're going to find one common thread in all of them, and that is that They put in the work, okay? And I'm not talking about just checking the boxes on the sheet of, I have to do this today, then I have to do this. Like a to-do list. Like a to-do list. No, I'm not talking about, they're not picking up carrots and oranges and stuff from the grocery store. I'm talking about they went next level each and every single time. They went next level. Like the stories you hear about Kobe Bryant, right? That Kobe Bryant took like thousands of shots every every single day, right? Until he got good at it. And and even even after he got good, so to say, right? Then he did more. Well, wait, if you already know how to take
0: shots, why would you want to keep practicing that much? Because
1: nobody's perfect. Cuz nobody makes the shot each and every single time. There is no baseball player, okay, in history with a 1000 batting average. That's never happened. Never happened. Nobody, every single time they get up to bat, gets a hit. So you can, yeah. So you can, so you can strike out two out of every three times and still be considered one of the best ever. Wow. Okay. But you'll notice, you'll notice if you go and if you study the greatest hitters in baseball, you will see that once you start to uncover it, you will see that they spent time in the batting cage hitting off of the pitching machine, right? for hours and hours every single day. Just constantly trying to get better. Constantly trying to get better re- and co- not only getting better but staying sharp. It's important as well to stay at the level that you're at when Maintain. you're when you're at the greats. Right. Right? Because once you make it to the top, Which, somebody's coming after you. The amount of space, well yes, and the amount of space that you can go up starts to get smaller, but the amount of space that you can go down starts to get huge. Oh, wow. So the fall can be very, very big. Hence why you're going to notice that the greats always put in the work and they put in what a lot of people would consider the grunt work. You know what I've noticed,
0: Frank, is a lot of people in this business. And thank you, by the way, that's amazing. Uh, They get in the business and and they do great and they they have two, three amazing months and and especially salespeople. I've seen this a lot happen and they start getting smart. They stop practicing. They stop doing all the things that got them to that success. I see it happening with managers. I see it happening with finance managers. I see it happen with almost everybody at the dealership. To your point, they stop practicing. They stop going to the batting cage. They stop looking at or watching the tape, and they just feel like, hey, I know what I'm doing. Yes. Everybody wants to be able to say, I know what I'm doing. Doesn't that feel good okay. to be able to say that to or, or say this, hey, I know what I'm talking about. I mean, for some reason, that gives us some, some, some sort of self-validation. Yeah, but the reality is, is that to, to Frank's point, that all of us, and this is why we're, going, we're talking about this, this morning, because we want to make sure, as everybody keeps logging in, as maybe you were here before we even started, to understand, why am I here this morning? Why am I joining the Zoom video for training? Why does Capital Chevrolet and Seguin Chevrolet do this uh, that other dealerships are not doing? Because we believe that even though we're the best, even though people want to do what we're doing, people want to know and learn and, and, and copy us sometimes, even though we are that good, we still believe
1: 1,000% that there is more. Do you agree with that, Absolutely. Frank? Absolutely. Look, as good, as good as our stores, as good as Capital and Seguin does, right? our closing percentage is not 100%. Absolutely not. Okay. In internet, our appointment set percentage, the amount of – the percentage of people that submit a lead that we set an appointment on is not 100%. So let's talk about that. So the the appointments,
0: what what do you see stores struggle with when it comes to setting appointments? Why is it that it's so hard for some people to set appointments, Frank? What, I mean, I know it's not hard because I've done it. Right. I realize that it just takes – Time, it takes patience, it takes not giving up, it takes keep pounding those phones, keep calling. But what is from your point of view, what is some of the mistakes, common mistakes that you see other dealers, other salespeople, maybe mm-hmm.
1: managers do that is not getting the appointments that they're looking for. All right. So there's there's really two blaring mistakes that happen that happen most frequently, right? Number one goes all the way back to the lead that Whoever is answering the lead, trying to turn that lead into an appointment, they don't read the lead. And I'm not talking about it opens up on the screen and you just read. I'm talking about reading into the lead. Because every every time somebody, every time a customer goes on our websites and they submit a lead, they want something. If not, they wouldn't submit the lead right it's not like they submit the lead and money's going to come out of their computer or something that's not the way it works no. <laughs> right or like food's going to show up at the house or something that right. that's not what happens they're looking to buy a car but there's something inside of that lead that you're going to see or that you can find that's going to give you the insight on what they're looking for and then that's what you answer okay that's so that's what you so go after i love that so so let's talk about that because i want to make sure i understand what you're saying
0: but I want to make sure everybody listening has clear understanding of what we're talking about. So, so you're saying somebody sends a lead, you're saying, Hey, Alex, don't just read it, read into it. Right. So I read into it. Give me an example of something that I can ask a customer. Okay. A, a somebody that's sending a lead that is going to help me identify, uncover some of the clues. So almost called clues right. that you're talking about. What, what can I ask? What are some of the things that we're failing to ask customers that are
1: sending leads in. I'll give you the simplest one, right? The simplest one is how many leads do we get? How many leads have you seen, right? Because I see thousands like this every month. How many do you see where the customer asks a very simple question in the comments? Any. Does this car have heated seats? Okay. Does this have the off-road package? And we blare right by it. We, we go right by it with, I've received your lead. When do you want to come in? I see that happen. Yes, absolutely. So that's like that's how simple that that's a simple one. Let me give you one that's a little bit more complex. All right, reading the lead also means reading where the lead came from, and mm. knowing why the customer come into the dealership. Why did they come in? Because basically, that's like every lead is a door. Right. Them coming in. Why did they pick that door? So if you see a trade, if you see a lead come in and it comes from our perk trade tool, right? Like a, in Drive Centric, it says trade slide in, right? right? Perk slide in. If somebody goes and if they send in a trade lead, what are they concerned about, Alex? Their trade. They're concerned about their trade and their what trade their value. trade is worth, Sure. right? Yeah. Which could mean that there's something wrong with their trade. They owe more than it's worth. It's got damage. It's got too many miles. They're... There's something that made them say, oh, I'm a little concerned about my trade. Let me get this information. This is what I need, okay? And yet the trade lead comes in and so many stores, the response is, I received your lead. When do you want to come in?
0: Yes. It's like we're not, we're not listening. We're not reading into it. And guys, if you're not in the internet and you're wondering, well, how does this apply to me? It applies to all of us because Absolutely. it's all about listening. Uh, if a customer brings up their trading during your interview, then you know that trade-in is going to be something that's going to be a big factor in your negotiation. It's going to be a big factor while you're trying to sell them a car. So don't ignore it. Don't try to act like you didn't hear them. Okay? Address it. Talk about it. Bring it up. You know, sometimes, you know, marriages fail because of lack of communication. It happens all the time, you know? You you see a marriage, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, they're getting divorced, and you talk to the wife, you talk to the husband, and they tell you, well, it's just for the longest time. This has been bothering me. This has been bothering yes. me. And then you ask, well, did you ever say anything about it? Did you ever him a bring it up? Times. You know, and, and say, yeah, you know, I, I I made it clear. I kept bringing it up. I kept bringing it up. Sometimes, guys, we don't listen. Sometimes we just are not mm-hmm. good at listening. And as salespeople, as, as people in this auto industry, managers, everybody, we need to listen to our customers. We need to read into it to in, in to Frank's point. I thought of an example while he was talking. I'm thinking, well, what if he asks me something? I need to make sure I can answer this question. So, uh, sorry to put you on the spot, man, but you did good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, But I thought about this. Let's just say that a customer in a lead, or maybe when they come in, they they might say, you know, Alex, I've never owned a Chevrolet before. I've been a Toyota customer all my life, but I'm interested in the Colorado. In fact, I spoke to somebody yesterday with this particular scenario. He's been a, a Tacoma guy. He's owned nothing but Tacomas. uh, He's a pilot, and he he heard good things about the Colorado. Okay, so now, instead of just showing this person the Colorado, which you're going to at some point, why not address how long have you been a Toyota customer? What do you like about Toyota? What is it about Toyota that, that you love so much? What has kept you with Toyota for this many years? And then you talk about the, the the things that the benefits of the brand, Chevrolet, okay? You talk about, you know, what are the awards that the Colorado has had? Because now you know it's something you have to overcome. But sometimes I think a customer will bring this up and we don't even address it at all. We just say, okay, I got you. So you've never owned a Toyota before we're here. Let me show you this Colorado and let me see if you like it. We're, we're relying too much on emotions. And we need to make sure that we actually have facts for the customers, that we're able to You know, clarify things and we are
1: able to ease their concerns. Don't you agree with that? Absolutely. The same way that, like I was talking before about reading into the lead, it's the same thing of listen to the customer. Nine out of 10 customers will tell you every single one of their hot points. They will tell you why they came in to buy a car, what motivated them to buy a car, if their car just broke down or there's something wrong with it or they need another one, right? Every single one of these people will tell you. Nobody, you know, I shouldn't say nobody. I'm sorry. But very, very rarely does somebody walk in and say, yes, I'm, I'm looking for a new Silverado. And that's it. And that's it. And they just <laughs> stare at you. No. Right. That's very rare. They want they will start talking. They want to start talking they, because they have things that that information. Right. They have questions that they need answered and they don't know enough. And you can only learn so much by going online. You can learn a lot. Right. But it's completely different when you read something and when you look at somebody. Yes. Right. And you ask them a question of why is this or why is that? And they answer you directly on what on the question that you have and what you're looking for. Absolutely. So nine out of 10 customers. I know we get the one right. We focus on the one all the time. We focus on the one guy that we showed him the truck. Everything was great. He never mentioned his trade. You put him on a worksheet. You put the numbers down, right? You get to the second pencil and then he's like, oh, and I want to trade this in. Uh Uh-oh. But that, how often does that happen? Those are the ones you remember, okay? But in reality, one out of 10, two out of 10, we focus so much on that instead of just dealing with that person, putting it to the side. It's, I hate to say it like this, but it's another deal, moving that and then going to the next customer who's going to tell you everything. Exactly. And
0: sometimes I think, you know, it's our duty. It's our job as salespeople, as, as people in this industry to ask more questions. Could it possibly be that we're not asking enough questions? Because, you know, they say a great salesperson will answer a question with, guess what? Another question. Mm-hmm. A customer says, hey, does this vehicle have heated seats? Well, Mr. Customers, Mr. Customer, are heated seats important to you? You have to start doing that. OK, do you have heated seats on your vehicle on your present vehicle now? Is that something that you're you're you're, you're interested in? Is that something that you feel like you need in your new vehicle? And and, and when you ask a, a question after a question, then it's going to lead you into putting yourself in a good closing position, guys. I think sometimes imagine going on a date, guys, and, and, and you really like a girl and you really want to get to know her. And, and, you know, she kind of didn't want to go out with you. You could feel it. I mean, I know, at least I can tell the signs, right? I don't know and, what that's about. <laughs> and uh, you can tell she doesn't really want to go out with you, but she finally agrees to go out with you. You go out on a date and you're sitting at dinner. You buy her this really nice meal. You're dressed up. You got the best, your best cologne on. Okay. You got that, uh, that David Water. Okay. <laughs> and that <laughs> uh, looks good. Right. Hair looks good. I mean, and you got some hairspray on and then you start asking her questions. So, uh, How's your night going so far? And she just says, good. I mean, what are you going to do? You're out. You got two choices, right? Either you're going to be like, okay, this is awkward. She's not really wanted to talk to me. Or are you going to try to ask her more detailed questions? Are you going to try? So we have to do the same with our customers, guys. We have to find out, you know, how are you going to be using this vehicle? Okay? What type of use are you going to get this vehicle? Okay? What kind of hobbies do you have? How many children do you have? What do you do on your when you're not working, Frank? How are you going to be using the Silverado? Okay? Right. Are you going to be using it for work? Are you going to be using it for 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 business, for family trips? Tell me about it. Well, Alex, I actually like to ride my bike at Town Lake downtown. Great. What kind of bike is it? You know, I always tell people, you know, you t- a customer may tell you that and this is going back to the same point that we've been talking about for 10 minutes now. A customer says, "Hey, I like to ride my bike downtown." And you just go, "Okay." Keep showing it, showing the, the 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 truck. Wait a minute, time out. What type of bike do you ride, sir? And how many miles do you ride? How often do you ride your bike per week? Are you like uh like uh, is this something that you do all the time? Okay, are you mm-hmm. training for like some kind of race? Because I want to know this, guys. Because let me tell you something. There is nothing that a customer likes to talk about more than themselves. Yes. So if you can get a customer to start talking about themselves, okay you're going to win that customer over. You're going to get that customer to say, you know, you start getting a customer to agree with you. You start getting a customer to to, uh, identify with you. Feel like you guys have something in common. And let me tell you something. The fact that you're actually asking questions about them, that speaks volumes to them about you. That speaks volumes about, because what you're showing by doing that is that it's not all about you and your commission. And your money, and your paycheck, and your future, and your success, now it's about them too. You actually are taking yes. the time to get to know your customer. You're taking the time to ask some questions. You know, we have so many people that you, every, every one of you guys, I know you. And I know you have things that you do outside of work, different interests, different things that you like to do, different things that you believe in. Man, don't you like it when people ask you about it? Don't you like it when people say, hey, you know what? I noticed that you're into this. Tell me a little more about it. I, I, I'm interested in finding out about it. What is that all about? Explain me how it works. And, man, people get all passionate, man. People start talking about yeah. you know, their kids, their their career, what they do for work, if they're super passionate about it, their hobbies. Maybe their kids play football, and they're super excited because they've always dreamed of having a little kid in peewee league and, and playing or little league, whatever it's called, junior league. I don't know. I don't have a kid playing football. but whatever it's called, but having your kid playing football is something they've always wanted to have, and now they're so excited. So ask him about it. So what's the name of the team? Have you asked them that? What's the name of the team? What position does your son play? Oh, man, Alex, he's a linebacker, or maybe they don't have really positions when they're that young. They just hand them the ball, and they run, and it's so cute and so funny, and everybody just chases every kid. Oh, my gosh. Man, now you got this guy, this person, this customer engaged. Now you have him Being a human being with you, and I just, in my opinion, I think that's everything, Frank. I really do. I I can't teach that to people. I can teach you the process. I can teach you, hey, ask the customer, what type of features are you looking for, sir? What type of basic features? That's great. We have to follow the process. But you can't teach somebody personality. You can't teach somebody, okay? Well, you can actually, okay?
1: That's what we're trying to do right now. Is
0: that what we're doing? (laughs) Okay. So So what we're trying to do is make you realize, make it personal. Make it personal. Have you ever seen a salesperson that you're like, man, this person doesn't really know a lot about cars. This person doesn't come across to me as a shark, as a uh, as a as a closer, as a as a you know a a a, a hammer, That's or even you or, or even like a gearhead, a gearhead, right? But for some reason, they sell a car to everybody they meet, and you're like, how is this person doing that? Why is that? how are they doing it It's just you can't explain it you're like man, I've done all the product knowledge it's because ladies and gentlemen people like them they're asking people the right questions they're, they're making it a personal experience and people will buy from people they like Have you ever noticed that so make sure guys that your people that the customers that you deal with are liking you and how do you get somebody to like you you get to know them you get to know them you ask them the right questions now, I'm not saying you sit there and you interrogate them and ask them everything about their personal life but you got to get to know them you got to get to know that you know that craig's son uh plays soccer you got to get to know him that he goes to lake travis and that he lives out in in lakeway and that he was worked for general motors for almost two decades now, or probably over two decades. I don't know. I'm sure a long, long time. And he's fanatic about Chevrolet. and He's passionate about his job. And he loves Chevrolet. And he loves his wife. And his wife's name is Monica. And, and they, they love Chevrolet. His wife drives Chevrolet. And she leases every single time. And, and she's happy. I mean, you got to know these things, guys. Because if you get to know somebody like that, then, then people are going to know, you know what? You care. You care enough to get to know me. You mm-hmm. care enough to ask me questions about me. Because think about this: What do you think salespeople? What do you think uh, customers think about salespeople, Frank? When they come into the store, seriously. I mean, I mean, we're in the business, so we think differently. But a customer that's never bought a car: What do you think they think as soon as they walk into the dealership? Even if they meet Carla, with that beautiful smile, with that nice personality, what are they thinking as soon as they meet Carla?
1: Scumbag. Wow, really? Instantly, I call it scumbag syndrome. Okay, oh, gosh. and it's some yeah. Look, this is a private meeting, yes. right? So we can talk about these types of things because it's internally. But look, th- and I've said this publicly many yes, times, of course. right? Scumbag syndrome, is the- that's like the scarlet letter, okay? As soon as you become a car salesperson, you are instantly labeled a scumbag. Bad person. Bad person. Liar. Oh, you name it. Dishonest. Give me one example in popular culture from the beginning of time where automobile salespeople were put in a positive light. Never. Never. I've it's seen never. comedy shows talk about car salespeople and always yes. Always bad. Always they're sharks. Always they're gonna rob you. They're gonna lie. They're gonna cheat. They're gonna change. Right? The 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 tacky suits, all the type of stuff. Okay. So when they come in, most customers in the initial, right? In that in that initial two seconds, they don't come in like, Hey Alex, I'm here to spend fifty thousand dollars today. I'm so excited. No, they come in like this. They got the guard up. Yeah. All right. It's your job instantly, instantly. It's your job to get those fists first to open up and then to get those hands to go down and to relax. Amen. Okay. Because from there, then when you, and you do that by building the relationship, you do that by asking about their kids. You do that because you walked by the trade and you saw there was a soccer ball sticker on the back. Right. And you asked, do your kids play soccer? You do that because you walk past the trade and you see that the trailer hitch, the inside of the trailer hitch, is all rusted out. Obviously, because they've been putting the ball hitch in and out of it, so they tow something, right? A boat, A boat yeah. Motorcycles, whatever it is. You ask them about it, right? And you get that relationship going because as soon as, look when the car, when the customer walks in to the into the dealership and they meet the salesperson for the very first time. Another hard analogy, okay? You're right, but everybody's going to get this like this. It's the exact same thing as a girl sitting alone at a bar and a guy walks up and says, hey, how you doing? The girl right away is like, what does this guy want? What are you talking to me for? Yeah, what are you talking to me for? Okay? It, that's what winds it, – it's the exact same analogy. Guys, girls, you think about – if you start to think – about customers the same way of a guy or girl that you want to get to know okay that you want to get to know and you want to have a relationship with if you use that same analogy i want to ask this guy or this girl on a date and i want them to say yes amen and guys you know we're we're gonna we already gave you enough tips on how to
0: date and how to sell cars today <laughs> but uh the, the point is guys is get to know your customers get to know your customers get to know, get to know people we're in the people business, guys. We're not in the car business. We're in the people business. And we need right. to make sure that we all know that we need to get, and this is the culture, guys, that we want to create for Capital Chevrolet. This is the culture that we want to create for Seguin Chevrolet. When a customer comes in, we want them to have an experience like no other. We want them to have an experience where they come into our dealership and they're going, wow, people ask me some questions that I've never had anybody else ask me. They actually care to know about my kids. They asked ask me my kids' names. They asked me how old my kids were. I mean, They 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 really showed interest in me. Yes, that's all the customers want, guys. They want you to show interest in them. So anyway, let's move let's move forward, guys. Uh, I think there's a couple. How many people we got? Eighty-three. All right, guys. We're trying to reach ninety-six. We need thirteen more. I think our record is ninety-six. So let's keep it going. If you see somebody walking around, say, "Hey, get on the Zoom. You need to learn. You need to get better." Who's ready to get better today, guys? Who's ready to learn? Who's ready to grow? Who's ready to develop? Who's ready to win? Who's ready to have a plan? Who's ready to have a grateful attitude? Man, so many amazing people watching this morning, guys. I love it. Santana in the house. Carla in the house. Ernie. His name is Arnold, but I call him Ernie. Arnold in the house. Brian in the house. Jeremy. Craig Vickers. Roe in the house. Frank Serta. Man, love you, buddy. How you doing? Good to see you. Uh, My man Jaime over there. Doing an amazing job over there. in Used cars at Capital Chevrolet. Neo's over there by the creek, just chilling, man. He's already on vacation already. He's leaving to Vegas today. He's already ready to go. So, guys, Carlos, good morning, sir. How you doing? Good to see you. Brenda, I mean, so many amazing people here. And we all, I think we all, let's be honest. I hope that you're not here this morning. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pray uh that you're not here this morning because somebody made you do it. I hope that you're not on the on this call because You know that if somebody doesn't see you, they're going to yell at you later. I hope you're not on this call not paying attention, talking about something you shouldn't be talking about. I hope you're not on this call, okay, ignoring this because you think you already know this. Because you think there's nothing that can be said today that is going to make you better. That there's nothing that's going to be said today that is going to remind you of something that you maybe haven't been doing lately. This is what this call is all about, guys. This is what this Zoom is all about. It's about growth. It's about developing. It's about, guys, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. I don't know everything, but I've been s- extremely successful in this business. And the only way I stay successful in this business is by staying humble. I talk about that all the time. Staying humble meaning I want to learn. I want to learn. I spent a lot of time, and I don't know about a lot of time, but we spent about an hour, hour and a half the other day with Carla and with new lady, Melissa, uh, that just came from uh, Mack Hike, I believe. And we went outside, guys, and we did a walk around, uh, not a walk around, but we talked about how to, Mel told me, you know, Alex, I'm not really comfortable with the features. I said, well, look, listen, you can use the Maroni, the sticker on the window to your advantage. I mean, it tells you the size of engine. It tells you the average gas mileage. It tells you the, the National Highway Association safety ratings for front collision, rear collision, side collision. It tells you the packages. It tells, it, it, it literally tells you what the package is called. And then it it lists down to you exactly what the package has. It tells you that it has uh, rear park assist. It tells you that it has, uh, you know, Apple CarPlay. Man, it tells you so many things. Everything's there for you, laid out. So you use that to your advantage. Guys, listen to me. You're sitting here struggling to sell 10, 12 cars a month. You're sitting there struggling to pay your bills and wondering whether or not this business is for you or not. You're sitting there as a manager, not hitting the numbers that you're wanting. You're sitting there coming to work with not a growth mentality, but a fixated mentality, thinking, you know, I'm doing good. I'm trying my best, but not thinking, hey, can I do more? Can I do better? Man, there's so many ideas that I'm brainstorming about right now for Capital Chevrolet, for Seguin Chevrolet. And let me tell you guys, hold on to your seats, because we're about to take it to the next level. I told that to Craig. And when I tell Craig something, when I told General Motors something, they know already. That if I say something, I'm gonna do it. I'm not just gonna talk about it. I'm gonna do it. Frank knows it. We brainstormed all the way on the way to to uh, Cap. I mean, to Seguin from Capital. We met at Capital at seven in the morning. We drove over here, man. We're ready. We have a plan in place, guys. There's a lot of good things coming for Capital Chevrolet, guys. We're gonna start doing a buyback madness, guys. Buyback madness, madness. Okay. What I mean by that, we're gonna get into really buying cars from customers. So I need you to get on Craigslist. I need you to get on on all this. Uh, uh, La Chacharra, all these websites, all these Facebook po- po- uh, uh, forums, all these places where people go and want to sell their cars. And let's tell them, hey, we want to buy your car, even if you don't if you don't want to if you don't want to buy a car from us. And I've been paying a hundred dollars per purchase, but I thought about it, okay. And we talked about it, me and Frank. And I said, man, I got to give people more incentive to wanting to go out there and buy inventory for us. So starting today, starting today, if you buy a car off the public. You don't sell them a car. All they do is they come in and sell you their car because we need cars. We need clean, good inventory for our used car departments at both stores. So if you buy a car from the public, and we're going to start doing a lot of Facebook stuff about it. We're going to start doing a lot of stuff on our website. We might change our website, guys. We might go back to Dealer Inspire and make our website even more amazing. Where We're going to get more. It's going to generate a lot more leads for you guys. So, guys, get ready. If you want to make money, if you want to win, you came to the right place, guys, because I'm not going to sit around, and I'm not going to sit still. I'm not gonna stay complacent. I'm not gonna walk around like I did it, I'm done, and I've done it all, we're all there. Guys, I wanna get to 1,000 cars at Capital Chevrolet. I wanna get to 500 cars to Seguin Chevrolet. Until that happens, I will not be happy. Until we're selling 1,500 cars out of two dealerships, and everybody in, in the nation is going, how the heck are these people doing this? I will not stop, okay? So starting today, if you buy a car off the street, I'm gonna pay you $250. 250, so you're gonna make more than if you would make if you did a mini. You buy a car off the streets, okay? A car that we need, a car that we, now we, can, uh, uh, we can't buy wholesale cars, guys. So don't go out there and start buying O2s with 300,000 miles, that's not what we need. But if we have a car that we can use in our used car lot and we end up buying it, Barton's gonna to have to appraise it, Shannon's gonna to have to appraise it, uh, 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 somebody's gonna to have to do an assessment to make sure this is something we need in our inventory. But if you buy a car, From your friends, from family members. Maybe somebody has an extra vehicle they're not using. Maybe somebody is trying to downsize right now. Maybe somebody's going through some struggles. I know a lot of people are going through that right now. Buy their car off the streets, and we're going to pay you $250 for purchasing a vehicle. That pays you more than a mini, and it takes a lot less time. Mm -hmm. Okay? It takes a lot less time. You can buy a car in less than an hour. Selling a car takes about three to four hours probably on an average. So, guys, let's go out there and let's buy cars, guys. This is going to create momentum. This is going to create traffic. I see Craig making notes. That's why, you know, now now he's got our secret. That's okay. I love you anyway, buddy. But this is going to make us better. This is going to get us more people coming into our store. What's the worst thing that can happen? They come in to try to sell you this car, right, Paul? And then you talk them into buying a car? Hey, man, I'll take it. So now instead of making $250, I made $2,000 front commission. Now I make $500, plus I got my back end because I sold my warranty. I pitched the warranty. I planted the seed. Okay, guys, so so today, my plan for the day was, number one, to have Frank here, and I'm really glad he is. But the other thing I wanted to do, when I was spending time with Carla and with Mel, we did some, we practiced a couple of closes. I said, look, ladies, in order for you to win, you have to have some closes in your arsenal. You have to have the tools to win. You can't go to war without bullets. You cannot. You can have the best gun in the world. I mean, you can have an M60. You can have the most sophisticated gun with a telescope and with a laser and all this stuff. But if you have no bullets, you're done. So I'm going to give you the bullets. I'm going to give you some bullets today, okay? On on Tuesday or Wednesday, I can't remember what day we did this, uh, Carla and Mel and I. And and we had a lot of fun with it, by the way. We were laughing. We were having fun. But we were training. We were trying to get better. We talked about the B-back call. How do you make a be back call? You have a customer come in, the customer does not buy, and you don't call the customer. Let me tell you the number one reason why you don't call the customer. What do you think that is, Frank?
1: Because you're afraid for rejection. You're afraid to hear some kind of complaint or something.
0: Yeah, because what do you think the customer is going? to – What do you think they're thinking? The customer left, didn't buy the car. Why call them? That doesn't make any sense to me. The customer said when they left, "Thank you, Alex. We're not interested. We're out of here." Why would you even want to follow up with
1: a customer like that? I'll tell you why. Because when you do that you find out really quick why that customer did not buy a car because now the customer's on the telephone. Right now there's space in be- physical space in between you and the customer. The customers will tell you, Oh, I didn't get, I didn't feel that the amount of money that you guys gave me for my trade in was enough. Oh, I, I thought that you could have taken a little bit more off the car. Oh, the payment was, the payment was a little too high. Yeah, I didn't I ha- like the salesperson. I had time to think about it, and now I
0: realize that the reason why I didn't do it is because of A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And right. Now, They'll tell you. And not only that, but now they're, they are at home. They are in a comfortable environment. They feel confident enough to tell you how they really feel. That's right. You ever have somebody tell us, tell, you, tell me how you really feel? Because do we, do we always, guys, tell people how we really feel? Let's be honest. Do we always tell the truth? Let's be honest. Can we just be honest with at least that, that we don't always tell the truth? We don't always tell exactly how things are. We don't always really say what we really need to say. Why? Many reasons, right? Some some are good, some are bad. But why not make this call? So the call goes a little something like this, guys. I feel like I need a beatbox in the background. But Mr. Customer, how you doing today? How you doing, Carla? How you doing, John? How you doing, Eddie? How are you, Mr. Sal? How are you, Mr. Mr. Chavarria? Sal. Now your name is Sal. I like that. All right, Sal. Good morning, Sal. <laughs> uh, so, Mr. Sal, how you doing? Did I catch you at a good time? Just yes, nod your head. Great, great. Well, listen, Mr. Sal, the reason why I'm calling you is because I've got some phenomenal news. I've got some great news for you. I know I can help you, okay? This is the reason why. But first of all, I want to ask you, Brian, have you bought a car yet? Just say yes or no with your head. You haven't? Great, great. Well, that's great. That's amazing. That makes me really, really happy. Well, the reason why I'm calling you, Brian, is because I know I know I can do something for you. What I like to do is get you back into the dealership, okay, Erica. And one or two things I'm go- are going to happen, right, Arnold. I'm either going to hand you the keys, I'm either going to hand you the keys, Alex Press, to your new Malibu, or Noe. I'm going to shake your hand and wish you best luck. But either way. Either way, Mr. Longting, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to waste your time. Guys, why are you not making that follow-up call? That is crazy, guys. When I sold cars, I came in on my day off. On my day off, after I played nine holes, because I can't play 18, my ADD won't allow it. So I always just play nine holes. On the turn, I get my breakfast taco, I'm out of of there. I can't do 18 holes. I, I just start getting really sloppy, and I don't like it. I played nine holes. By the time I got my taco, I drive to the dealership. I came in in my golf shorts, my golf shirt, all sweaty, and start making phone calls in the BDC. My follow up calls, because to me, Anna, I knew that if a customer was in the dealership yesterday, Anna, and they didn't get a phone call today, that is something that can never happen. Because somebody's going to call that customer, somebody's going to reach out to that customer, and somebody's going to sell that customer a car, right, Raul? So we need to make sure. That every single time, we do not miss an opportunity to do follow-up. And some of you guys are amazing at doing follow-up. Amazing. I watch you every single day. You're there at 8 a.m. when I get there. You're there at 7.30, and you're making phone calls. You're, you're pounding the phones. Guys, why are we not pounding the phones? So let's just, again, kind of got off track a little bit. We need to make sure that you understand we're about to go on a buyback pandemonium. What's the word? pandemonium pandemonium okay a buyback pandemonium okay guys we're gonna go i know it's funny long time i know that's pretty funny <laughs> uh, second language buddy i'm sorry so we're about to go on a on a freaking freaking stinking crazy buyback sam pandemonium we're gonna buy back every possible ca- car we can okay you're gonna tell customers hey we buy cars we don't just sell cars we buy cars want to sell you hey you're not happy with somebody with what somebody gave you at another dealership you don't even want to buy our brand come and let us look at your vehicle and let us make you an offer we want to buy your car imagine that guys let's just say let's just think about it. you say well Alex well let me get this straight they're going to buy a car somewhere else why would I want to bring them to my dealership and waste my used car manager's time and have them appraise my car that doesn't make any sense Alex why would you do that to me because why because do you know that if you have them in your dealership and you appraise their car, now you got them there. Now you can show them the new Equinox. Now you can show them the new Blazer. Now you can show them a Colorado, a Silverado, a Malibu. And guess what? While they're getting the car appraised, could it possibly be that you talk them into maybe doing business with you? Especially because you're giving them $1,000, $1,500, $2,000 more than what everybody else gave them. And if they don't trade in with you, they lose the tax savings. So you can still buy the car. You're going to give them more for their car. Isn't that what CarMax does, guys? Could this be possibly why CarMax sells 800 cars a month, every single month, and they don't sell new cars? They only sell used cars? Could it be why CarMax is the number one, the number one selling in Austin, Texas over anybody? Because they, they, they figured this out a long time ago. Let's do business transparent with transparency. Let's do business with clarity. Let's try to buy, buy, buy back every single car. So again, guys, that is our plan. Uh, we, by the way, also on Monday we got a new internet director starting at Capital. I'm super excited about that because he's going to help both stores initially. Capital. Uh, this guy, I think, it's going to make a big, big impact for all of us. We're going to have a good process in place. We're going to get more. We're going to get more leads because Frank's going to help us with that.
1: Absolutely, Frank.
0: Do we need more leads right now? We always need more leads. Okay, and and Frank is going to make sure that we get good leads. Can you- you, can you make sure we get good leads? Because, oh. you know, I always hear, hear salespeople, Frank, say, hey, you get any leads? Yeah, but they're all bad. I didn't know there was such thing as a bad lead. Is there such thing?
1: There really is no such thing as a bad lead. There really isn't. So what do they mean by that? Okay, so what they, I'll tell you, what do they mean by that? Yeah. Most of the time, it's an excuse. Okay. Sorry, guys. But it's the truth. It's an excuse. Okay. If the customer went at some given point in time and they picked up this thing. Where they went to this thing and they put in their name, their email address, they're ready to buy something. Their phone number. Yes. Nobody goes. Nobody goes and just throws that information around like it's no big deal. Especially the telephone number. Yes. Nobody just hands that to people. Did you Did you inquire about a trampoline this morning? No, because I don't want a trampoline. Oh, okay. But if, try- <laughs> it, but if I want it, but but and that's the exact <laughs> and that's the exact same. Ah, boom!
0: Way. <laughs> Can I get a boom?
1: <laughs> and that's the exact same way it how somebody right how somebody doesn't give their information out if they don't want a car.
0: Ah, especially nowadays because the information is, is so, you know, people take people's information and they do, God knows, all kinds of things with it. So why would somebody go through all the trouble to put in all their information, their name, their address, all these things, their their cell phone, their email, if, if they truly are not interested in buying a car? So I, I believe, I'm with you. I, I was being kind of sarcastic, but I, I don't believe there's such thing as a bad lead. And it's just like, the buyback thing, guys. You get a customer to come in; they think they're here to buy to sell you their car. Guess what? You got them in the store. Now it's your job. It is your job, right, Arnold, to sell them a car while they're here. They didn't, they're not here to buy a car. They're thinking they're here to sell their car. But it's your job to 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 sell them something. You know, there's a lot of charity things that people approach me with, and all these ideas. We're about to do a, a backpack giveaway. We do it every year. We give backpacks with Capital uh, Capitals logo. To, to the less fortunate kids in Austin, Texas. It's a beautiful I buy, buy 5,000 backpacks. It costs the dealership probably $15,000. I can't remember how much it is. And we buy all these backpacks and we give them to kids so they can have something to put in their notebooks and all this stuff and go to school and feel proud about it. And it's a really cool backpack. But anyway, sometimes they'll want us to do it at the dealership and give the, give the backpacks from the dealership. Now, you might think, well, on a Saturday, Alice, why would you want all those people coming in there and getting the backpacks? They're going to get in the way, and parking is going to be a mess, and it's going to be a madhouse. And those people are not ready to buy a car. They just want to come in for the backpack. They're just freeloaders. They're just trying to get something free, right? But the reality is because if you have the right people in place, the right team, those people are going to take those people that came in for their backpack and turn around and sell them a car.
1: It's all about opportunities. Look, number one, the backpack thing is beautiful because what are we doing? We're helping somebody who needs help, okay? We're reaching out and saying to them, hey, maybe maybe you got laid off. Maybe you're on furlough, okay? Maybe you hit hard times, whatever. Your kids still still need what they need. They still need a backpack to go to school. Come over here. We'll give you a backpack, right? That's the whole thing about starting to build the relationship. Right. The bottom line is that we want to help people. But at the same time, if a byproduct of helping people is that we get an opportunity to talk to somebody, to build a relationship with them, which the byproduct of that is that they wind up buying a car from us. That's really the name of the game. That's what we're trying to do with everything that we do is to get all of you guys opportunities to speak to people. That's the name of the game. Get opportunities to be able to speak to people for you guys to do what we're trying to teach you to do best, which is to build that relationship. Get them to know you, get them to trust you. Because sooner or later, maybe not today, they're going to buy. They're going to buy because they're going to need to buy. It's going to come, it's inevitable. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a very
0: successful general manager, and, and I've known him for a long time. And uh, he ran. Big dealership in Kentucky, and they sold a lot of cars, eight hundred plus a month. And I said, "Hey, buddy, tell me what are the two things that you believe in the most that you just not you don't you never deviate from." And he said, "Alex, uh, that the two things that I believe in the most is, is that volume solves every problem. Mm-hmm. That's number one. So if you sell a lot of cars, it's gonna it's gonna solve a lot of problems in the dealership all the time. It's gonna make everything a lot better. Okay." Everybody's making money. Salespeople are making money. Managers are making money. Uh, you, can get, you can get inventory. Uh, there's limitless things that you can do because you're selling cars and you're making money. But the second thing, and he said, and actually the second thing is almost more, more important than anything else, is he said, he said, I have the belief system and the culture that every, every customer is a buyer. My entire staff, every one of my managers. Every one of my salespeople, everybody believes that every deal is a deal. To Frank's point, there is no such thing as a bad lead. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no such thing as a bad up. Okay? There is no such thing as, oh, I can't can't find what they're looking for. Oh, I can't get them approved. Oh, they don't have enough money. Oh, man, they're difficult. Oh, man, they're being rude. Oh, man, they don't want to come in. Oh, man, no such thing. You find a way. You find a way. That's what we do, ladies and gentlemen. Trust me. Who would want to? I wouldn't want to sell cars if I was sitting at a dealership. Everybody came in with their title in their pocket like they used to back in the day. You could see their title sticking out of the front pocket because <laughs> they were there to trade in a vehicle. And you'd be like, okay, this is an 800 Beacon. Okay? It's ready to go. Rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, I want two of those a month, but I want the challenging deals. I want the customer that says no. I want the customer that says, hey, I've never bought a Chevrolet before. I want the customer that says, hey... I went to five different places, and they can't get me done, okay? So, so, guys, that's the attitude that we need. We need to make sure that all of us are doing that every single day. Okay, so I want to go over a couple closes real quick before I let you guys go. And, and, and new people, please, I encourage you, and even not just new people, watch videos on YouTube. There's a lot of walk-around videos on YouTube. We need to get better at learning our product. We really need to get better at learning our product. That's hurting you right now. Not knowing your product can really hurt you and maybe cost, a, cost you a deal. You don't want to do that, guys. You want to make sure that you have the answers, that you know the difference between an LT and an LTZ, that you know the difference between between a, 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 what's the difference between a Premier Tahoe and, a, and, and the one right below it, okay? What's the difference between a high country and an LTZ Silverado, okay? What's the towing capacity? All these things that are important to our customers. So please take the time to learn your product. Please, let's make sure that we write everybody up. We're going into a big weekend, guys. We're going into the into the biggest weekend of the month, guys, the hottest weekend of the year. Literally the hottest weekend of the year. I think it's going to be 107 degrees. Uh, so make sure that you drink lots of water. Make sure you stay hydrated. But make sure you wear your mask out there in the heat. I know. It's hard to breathe. But make sure that you're out there and you're doing the process, that you're not deviating from the process, that you're asking the right questions, that you're engaging, like we talked about, that you're you're you're... You're gaining that trust from your customers, that you're giving customers information that they came in here looking for so that you can set yourself to win, guys. Listen, the reason why I take this time, I know some managers think it's funny. I know some managers just joke around and think like, hey, this is just a waste of time. Why are we doing this? This It's stupid. Because I really want you to win. I truly, truly want to set you up to win. I want you to go out there with confidence. I want you to go out there knowing exactly what to say when you meet a customer. I want you to go out there knowing exactly what to do when you get back from the test drive and the customer says, hey, thank you, Alex. I appreciate it, but we're ready to go. I want you to know what to say when the customer, you show them numbers and they say, hey, you know what? We appreciate it, but we want to go talk to our bank. Why? Because the last thing I want for Randy, the last thing I want for Paul, the the last thing I want for Alexis or for Alex or for Mel is to go out there in the heat and spend three hours with the customer. Okay? And then the customer leaves you without a car and you don't sell them a car. I don't want that for you. I want you to win. And when we follow this process, guys, when we all buy into it and we understand that, hey, Alex wants me to push everybody to a worksheet. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Alex wants me to do a desk interview as a desk manager. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Alex wants me to show leases on every pencil. That's exactly what I'm going to do because it's going to set us all for a win. We need to do EMIs, guys, and not just EMIs, but amazing EMIs. We need to do one-on-ones, but not just one-on-ones, but amazing one-on-ones. When we're tracking your goals, we're looking at how many ups you had yesterday. What was your closing ratio? How many phone-ups did you have? Did you log them? Did you have somebody come in? What happened to the deals that came in? Did we submit them? What bank did we submit them to? Were they rehashed? Who rehashed the deal? How much money did they have down? Did we call them back this morning? All those things, guys, is what's gotten capital and Seguin Chevrolet to what we're at right now. It's really simple, guys. It's not difficult. This is why the customers are everywhere. This is why people keep coming back. This is why people want to come from other dealerships and learn from us because we have a solid, solid, committed process that is going to help you win every single time. So I want to go over a couple closes real quick. It's 950. We still got a little bit of time. Okay, so here's a a budget close. It says here, 90% of the people I work with, Mr. Customer, are over budget. Okay, so the customer is saying basically, hey, Alex, my payment is too high, and it's over my budget. So you're going to say, Mr. Customer, 90% of the customers that I deal with, believe it or not, are over budget. Okay? In fact, when I sold cars and a customer told me the payment was too high, I was like, wow, are you kidding me? No way. I've never heard that one before. Ha, ha, ha. Okay? I said, Mr. Customer, I've never had a customer tell me the payment was too low. Okay? (laughs) Trust me. I didn't think you were going to say that. I've never, have you ever had a customer say, wow, the payment's too low? So when they say the payment's too high, why do you act so surprised? Why do you act like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? Man, you knew they were going to say that.
1: Like you never heard it before.
0: You knew they were going to say that. You went in there knowing they were going to say that, okay? So so guys, be ready for that. Know that they're going to tell you that every single time. So it says here, 90% of the customers I deal with, or that I work with, are over budget, Mr. Customer. Okay, when they arrive here, Okay, when they arrive here, just because you may have. Just because you may have made some decisions that didn't make sense, or made a purchase that you didn't really want to make in the past, okay, that you would personalize yourself today. I'm getting those things. Make sense? All right, got it. All right. So basically, what you're saying is this, Mr. Customer. Let me let me tell you this. Okay, I realize that maybe perhaps in the past you made decisions that you weren't you weren't sure about. And maybe that's why you're saying that it's over your budget. Or maybe that's why it's a big concern. So what I'm going to do for you, Mr. Customer, as far as the budget goes, I'm probably going to be a little bit over your budget. But hopefully I build enough value in this vehicle to show you why you should pay more for this vehicle. Show you and and make you feel good about your money. In other words, the value, excuse me, yeah, the value is the price, right, Frank? So, but what I'm also going to do is I'm not just going to let you walk away here with a car. Okay, how many times have you ever had a customer that left here with a brand new car? Okay, they bought the car, but they left here uncertain. They left here, geez, this is too much. That's the worst feeling in the world, by the way, guys. When you're delivering a customer a car and you can tell, uh, I don't know, Alex, I hate that. Raise your hand if you're with me on that. I, I just don't feel good about that. I just, I mean, I know that I-, I got the deal. I got it. I got it. I got my ex on my board. The manager, you know, went over there and high five and, hey, man, we made this much money. We're amazing. I don't feel good about that. So what I want to do is I want to make sure that the customer leaves you with that car, with the same payment, but with confidence that they made a good decision. With confidence that the value is there. That there's a reason why the vehicle is a little more than what it takes. So I'm going to take the time. And listen, if it takes an extra 30 minutes to do that. If it takes another hour to go out there, maybe – I used to do this thing where I, I would go and show a customer a pencil. This is not in any book. This is not on Grant not This is just a AFLO 101. I go and show a customer a pencil, and the customer would say, hey, you know what, Alex? This, this car is too much, man. I, I can't do that. That's, that's $100 more than what I want to pay. And I would say, you know what? And this is like, you know, sometimes you spend a long time picking the car. And then you pick the car out, and it takes you a while to get a payoff. It takes you a while to get the car Then It takes you a while to get a pencil. So now it's been two or three hours since they test drove the car. So what I would do, I'd go in there, show them the pencil, and the customer say, you know, Alex, I think it's $100 higher than where I want to be. So I would say, you know what, Santana, you're right. Uh, do me a favor. Come with me. Follow me, please. Man, I get joy out of doing this. I would walk by the GM's office, and he would get so pumped up when I did this because he knew what I was about to do. Re-demo, baby. Re-demo. Do you know how many deals I close like that? Because I said, you know what? Obviously, you forgotten about some of the features I showed you. And not just that, but I realized while I was sitting down that there's some things that I didn't show you. I didn't fail to show you. And I want to make sure that you know what you're getting for your money. So let's go drive this car again. Because, you know, if I get him to drive again, he just saw figures again. And he drives it again. And he gets excited again. How many times have you had a customer in the showroom floor for two, three hours before you show them a pencil? And you can tell that the ether starts going down. Okay? The excitement is not there anymore. Now they're like, eh, I don't know, it's too expensive. I gotta go. Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you before. Of course. So why not say, you know what, sir? I'll tell you what. Do me a favor, follow me. Grab the keys. Don't tell them where you're going and go and re-demo that car again. You know how powerful that is? You know what that does to your customer? I mean, this is next-level stuff, guys. I'm not teaching you rookie stuff. This is next-level stuff. This is stuff, anything that I tell you or ask you to do, most dealers are not doing. I promise you that. This is, I don't want to waste your time, an hour of your time, okay, and and tell you things that I know are not going to help you. Okay. All right, here we go. Santana, take your mask off, buddy. That way I can see if you're, let me see. All right. Here's assume the zero balance, guys. Here we go. This one's called Assume the Zero Balance, okay? All right, so this is where the customer uh, that, that – uh, oh, I like this one. I actually know this one really well. All right, here it is. I love this one, by the way. So you have a customer that that's talking about his payoff, and he's talking about, hey, man, I owe this much, I owe this much. Uh, excuse me, doesn't talk about his payoff. Not, 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 not true. Uh, it, it's a, a newer car. It's a two-year-old car. I love this one, by the way. This one takes cojones, okay? But you can do it. It's actually really cool. The customer, okay, never brings up their payoff. They don't bring it up at all, okay? But they're talking about, I want to be at this payment, that payment, whatever. That's what it was. It's an expensive car, but they say they want to be at $500 a month. So you know it's a Silverado. It's a $40,000 vehicle, but they say, I want to be at $500 a month. You know that's not happening, okay? So you go out there and you pencil the deal, managers, with a zero payoff. So you give them $16,000 for the trade, but you know damn well they owe twenty-five. dollars You show them $16,000 for the trade, zero payoff. What's that going to do to their payment? It's like a paid-off trading. Now your payment is so low. So you go out there and say, hey, great news, guys. Here's the vehicle. Here's the price. You can sell it at Sticker, by the way. And here's your payment right here. They go, wow, that's amazing. That's lower than what I wanted to. I guess that is the time that a customer that's would say, <laughs> the payment is lower than what I wanted. Say, okay, no problem. So all we need, Paul, all we need. Is the title to your vehicle. Do you have that with you, by the way? And Paul's going to say, "Well, the title? No, uh, the bank has the title." Oh, the bank. What do you mean? Is there a payoff on this vehicle? Yes, there is. Oh, okay, no problem. Well, we can add that payoff to your to your payment and show you and show you the next payment, the, the right payment. It's going to be so much easier to overcome because now the customer understands that the reason why their payment is not where they want to be at is because of their payoff, not because of the car. Think about that. And not because
1: uh, of the dealer. Not because not of us. Not because of
0: us. Because sometimes they think it's us. Oh, they don't want to work with me. They don't want to do it. I love that one, man. That's called a zoom, Assume? Assume? Not a Zoom. Assume the zero payoff close. Okay. Uh, let, me, let me get another one right here for you. Think about it close. Okay. All right. We've done this one before at Capital, actually. Thoughts are instantaneous, Mr. Customer. Think of a pink elephant. Everybody think of a pink elephant right now. Think of a pink elephant. Done. Okay. Thinking doesn't take that long, does it? Okay. You thought about it. Okay. So, Mr. Customer, okay, you you saw this pink elephant in your head, right? Okay. Would you say that thoughts are immediate? Absolutely. What we need to do now is to make a decision. Okay. It's not time that you need. You just need to make sure that you're making the right decision. So, let me help you do that for you. Okay. It's called the think about it. Think about it close. How many people do you have to say, because think about this, guys. When was the last time you had a customer say, I want to go think about it? Do you really think they went home and thought about it? No. How, many times, how many times have you called a customer two days later? Two days later, after they left, to go think about it, and you ask them, hey, well, well, you shouldn't ask this anyway, by the way, never. Hey, did you have a chance to think about it? And what do they tell you every time? I don't know. What the? Two days and you haven't thought? You told me you were going to home to think about it. You've been home for 72 <laughs> hours. And you didn't think about it, not even once? Because it's not that they're thinking about it. What are they really doing, Frank? Stalling. They're stalling. And why are they stalling?
1: Because they're unsure.
0: They're unsure. And why are they unsure? Because
1: we didn't make them confident in their decision in the first place. We didn't didn't make it so that when they came in, that they knew that they were in the right place to buy a car. That we didn't make it that they knew that that Silverado or that Colorado or that Equinox or the Traverse or whatever was the right car for them. So really, think about it is not thinking about think it. Think about it is not think about it. Think about it is that I'm not – it really means you didn't do enough to make me feel confident in this decision. Mm, okay.
0: Here's another one, another response that says here, I understand, and as a consumer myself, I have said the same thing, okay, at which time uh, I didn't want to confront the salesperson. How many times is that? That's the reason. Right. That I just didn't want to confront the salesperson. A, I didn't want to confront the salesperson. B, I didn't want to disappoint the salesperson because I really liked them. I really liked her. She was really nice. And I didn't want to hurt, break their heart and say, no, I don't want to buy this car. And C, there was a concern to Frank's point that still hadn't been addressed. OK, so, Mr. Customer, which one is it for you? It shows understanding, and it shows empathy. So next time you have a customer say, I want to think about it, say, you know what? I've actually done that myself before. I've actually told the salesperson that I wanted to think about it. And and and, and it was actually one of three things. One, I I felt bad for the salesperson. Two, I, I didn't want to be, I, I didn't want to confront the the no because I'm, I don't like negotiating. And the last one was I had some concerns that weren't addressed. So Mr. Customer, which one is it for you? Again, we go back to where we started, which is asking more questions. Asking more questions, getting to know your customers so that you can, guys, you have to have this arsenal of closes, You have to have these tools in order to win because we're about to go into a huge weekend. This is practice, guys. Practice makes perfect. And that's why I wanted to bring Frank in here to remind all of us that, you know, you, you have to keep going to the batting cage. You have to keep, you know, sharpening your tools. You have to keep, keep sharpening your skills. Getting better, practicing. They say practice makes
1: perfect. Don't you big Absolutely, practice does make perfect. And, and this is look. This most dealers are not doing this. Right? There are sixteen thousand new car franchises in our country. Do you know how many zooms there are going on right now with training like this? We could probably count them on on one hand and put down a few fingers. Right. This. This is why. Alex takes the time. This is why when Alex asks me to come and do this, why I'm like, yeah, let's go, because this is not going on. What's going on right now is special. We need to do this. We need to do this. And it's fantastic that there's 83, I think I say 73, 83 people on the Zoom right now. This is fantastic. God bless all you. It's great. You should all give yourselves a hand right now for being here because it's absolutely fantastic. All right, guys.
0: I got a can't quit close. Okay. How many quitters do I have in the house today? Hopefully none. Okay. How many non quitters do I have? Okay. All right. So you're going to, so if you're a non quitter, which I know you are, you're going to really love this close. It's called the can't quit close. Okay. I can't quit. Okay. Like, like, uh, like MC Hammer. I'm just too legit to quit. Okay. So everybody go two legit to quit don't be don't don't be a quitter so knowing that i can tell my customer okay ready sir i am not going to quit on you you're either going to buy a car from me okay now and i like the second part by the way or i'm going to call you every day until you do buy a car from me you say this with a smile you say this because you earned their trust you say this because they like you now. You can say this with a smile. With a little laugh. With a your- little laugh, and the customer's going to laugh. They're going to be like, oh, my gosh, if I don't buy a car, Alex is going to call me every single day until I buy a car. Don't do it Liam Neeson style.
1: No, right? no, Like, no, no, no. you know, I will find you, and I will call so, you. So now I'm
0: going to say day. this. I'm going to say, Mr. Customer, I really believe this is the right thing, okay? And I also believe this is a great deal. Write that down. Mr. Customer, I really do believe this is the right thing. And this is a great deal. You have to tell the customer that. The customer needs to hear that from you, okay? Because now I'm going to use that as a closer. Mr. Customer, I'm not going to quit on you. I'm not going to just give up on you. I'm not just going to say, okay, let you walk away without a car. That's not the type of person I am. I want to take care of you. And the reason why I'm not going to quit on you, Alex, is not because it benefits me. Uh, you ready? But because it benefits you because I don't want you to walk out of here and go somewhere else and end up in a bet, worse situation than what I'm I'm offering you today and start all over. And start all over. So, Mr. customer, okay, I'm going to take better care of you than anyone else. I just want you to know upfront that I will not quit. I can do it now or I can or I can or you can come back and do it later, but I'm not going to quit on you. So, let's just go ahead and do it now. How about that? How about that? Cuz I don't want to let me ask you this. Who wants anybody to quit on you I, I don't want anybody to quit on me i don't want anybody to just discard me and say you know what i quit on you it doesn't feel good when somebody quits on you even as as, as an employer as, as a boss somebody quits on you good or bad it kind of feels bad it's not a good feeling hey, Amen. he quit okay First she quit you say why yeah why what happened right okay guys so don't quit all right here we go here's another one one more one more for you okay $1,000 uh, a month, that's only $30 a day. You're going to be using this machine every week, every day, this car. Uh, let me see. Cash flow Able. No, I don't like that one. I won't, I won't do that one for you. All right, let's see. No shortage, reason to buy clothes. Uh, may I ask you, are you looking for reasons to make a decision today or are you looking for reasons to not make a decision? Good. What are the reasons to do this? Ooh, I like that one. Oh, that's beautiful. All right. Ask the customer this. The customer's wishy-washy. Okay, and they're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Just ask them flat out. Sam, just ask them this. Sam, are you looking for reasons, for reasons to do this? Or are you looking to re- for reasons not to do this? Because think about what response you're going to get every time. They're going to say, no, 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 I'm looking for reasons to do this. Every single time. Nobody's going to say, oh, no, no, I'm looking for reasons not to do this. And say, okay, well, now that we know you're looking for reasons to do this, what are those reasons? And make them do it. Make them say it. That's a good one. Uh, who likes that one? Put your thumbs up on that one. Some of these really clothes, like some of these closes are really good, guys. I read them. I kind of put them in my own style, and then I, I say, okay, you know what? I like this one. I don't like this one.
1: Uh, we did it. Th- let me interject something. A lot, and I because I'm listening to this, I'm seeing everybody's faces on the screen, and I'm seeing something classic that comes up. Right? It's like, look, you may think that it's very brash, and it's very like you know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Rude to say some of these Too things. blunt. Too blunt, right? Too strong. To say some of these things. Yeah. Okay? But in reality, it's not. If you say them like a jerk, then yes, that's why I said when you say those things, don't do it. And when you say that one, don't do it Liam Neeson style because people are going to think you're crazy, right? But it's not brash to ask a direct question when you ask it coming from the right place. You know? And the right place is... Sir, you got up this morning, you took a shower, you ate breakfast, you got in your car, you, dro- you drove here, okay? You drove here. There are a million and one other things that you could be doing right now, but you're doing this, okay? That makes it so that you see that the customer is serious because they actually showed up. There's nothing wrong with asking the customer back a serious question about everything that they've done today. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. If you ask it like a jerk, you're going to get the same, the exact same type of reaction as though as if you say something rude to a friend of yours or to a stranger. But if you ask a question, look, are you look like, let me ask you something. You know, you got up, you came here, you know, all this type of stuff today. You could be doing a million other things. This doesn't make sense. Are you looking for a reason to not do this? Are you looking for a reason to do it? And I think sometimes people. That's not rude. We do so much
0: work, guys. Think about it. You you demo the car, you you select the vehicle, you do all this work, you ask some questions, you get to know the customer, you do needs assessment, you get all the way to the pencil, you present the numbers. But then when it comes down to it, when when it really matters, after spending all these hours with these customers, it's when you get scared and you don't you don't get firm. And I'm not saying firm in a bad way, I'm not saying firm in an unprofessional way, I'm not saying firm. In a rude way, like no, with Frank's confident, but where you say, "Hey, wait a minute, hang on, time out." We spent all this time. I found out the hot buttons. I took you to service department. I did a service walk. I, I got you in here on a buyback. I did all these things. I presented you all the features and the benefits. I-, I I found the missing party. I did a demo. I sold line. I did all these things, and now that it's time to rock and roll, and I'm sitting here in front of you, and you're saying no, I'm just I- I'm frozen. I-, I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. That's when you have to say, well, Mr. Customer, are you looking for reasons to do this or are you looking for reasons not to do this? Mr. Customer, you work hard. You deserve it. I think you need to do this. I really think this is a great deal, and you should do it. And and keep coming back to the Zooms. And, and guys, I want to ask you a favor. In fact, from this point forward, I only want you to come to the Zoom, guys, if you want to be here. You will not be penalized. You, You won't get in trouble. And this goes for everybody, managers, finance, I don't care who you are. Only show up if you really want to be a part of it and you really want to learn, you really want to listen, because it's very frustrating for me, guys. This is a lot of work for me to put this for you. And I I take my time. I'm the busiest guy than anybody on the screen. I promise you that. And I take the time to do this. So from now on, if you're not going to be paying attention, if you're going to be doing other things, if you're going to be distracted, I do not want you to come here. Only come here if you're ready to listen, if you're ready to learn, because I want to put an elite team together of people that really want to grow and want to take this to the next level, okay? If you're going to be on this, your screen's got to be on. I got to see you. I got to make contact to you. You know, when I do training in public speaking, guys, I look at the at the audience. I look at are they engaging with me? Are they watching? Are they learning? Are they taking it in? Because to me, that means a lot. It means a lot. Not for myself gratification, but I want to make sure that we're doing something, that something is actually happening here. something is being done here that there is transformation that the managers are acknowledging golly you know what we need to get better at customer service we need to get better at penciling deals better we need to get better at first first time closes we need to get better at training we need to get better at loading people's lives finance people i need to get better at my business terms i need to make sure i present menus better i need to make sure i have better transparency that when the customers leave here they know exactly what they bought and i need to call customers back the next day when i don't sell my warranty so many things guys I can give you a thousand things that we could be doing, and all these little things guys make a big difference. It's the little things that make a big difference. I don't mean to harp on you. I don't mean to keep calling you out. I don't mean to just keep telling. But it's very frustrating for me when I see people making 15,000, 20,000, 25,000, 30,000, and it's almost like they just don't care. It's almost like they just don't want to learn. Like they arrived to a place where I don't need to know anything. I don't need to learn anything. I don't need to grow, Alex. I know everything. It annoys me. I don't want to listen to this. This is a waste of my time. I promise you I could put a quiz together right now and give it to every one of y'all. And you will not be able to answer at least half the questions that I'm going to ask you. So I promise you, you do not know everything. So stay grounded. Stay humble. Let's take this training like Dan says, and let's really take advantage of it. Just take advantage of it. Take notes. Take mental notes. Take actual notes. Go and practice. After we have these meetings, go and practice them with your customers. Okay? This is not just a church meeting. This is a all kinds of meetings, spiritual, heart, uh, mindset, you know, professional. Let's go, man. It's time. This is not just a pump-up thing. I don't do this for me, guys. I'm, I'm successful. I know how to do the process. I know the process inside and out. I put it together myself. I put it together for Charles Mond, and, and Chris wanted to add the little three, three things at the bottom of the personalities, fine, whatever. But I took the time to put this together. I took something I learned a long time ago at Classic, and I made it even better. I, somebody gave me the fundamentals and the, the yellow card a long time ago, and I took that yellow card, and I made it a white card. You want to know why I made it white? Because I wanted transparency. Because white is clear. White is transparent. And this is what I want for you guys. I only want people in my team that are ready to grow. There's so many of you that I'm looking at you right now, and, man, you're being so blessed right now. You're being so blessed by a tremendous opportunity, by a tremendous job. You're making so much money, more money than you ever made. But yet I see so many people get big for the, the, for the bridges. You're fancy. I see people get fancy. I see people like, oh, I don't need to learn. I know more than, than." we can't have that attitude, guys. And I don't want to have to keep bringing it up. Imagine if we were in a classroom setting. Would you be looking at your phone if I was in a classroom setting, Joseph? You weren't looking at your phone, but would I allow anybody to look at their phone? Would people be looking around and looking at the wall or talking and joking and laughing? Would that ever happen in a training situation? Never. So what's the difference, guys? We're having a meeting. We need to show respect for one another. We need to show that, hey, I'm listening to you. Now a customer comes in and you have to get up and go take care of a customer. I get it. But this is about learning. This is about getting better. This is about bring your notes. Bring some paper. If you're driving to work, I get it. You can't drive and and write notes. But whenever you get to work or maybe wait and and do do the Zoom meeting and finish the Zoom meeting and then go to work. Guys, this is about developing you. This is about making you better. This is going to make all of us better. So, again, guys, God bless y'all. We appreciate your time. Do not come back. I I don't want to have 96 next time. I hope I only have 10. I'm okay with just 10. 10 focused in. 10 focused in. 10 people that are dialed in. 10 people that really, really believe and care. Okay? That's what we need, guys. We need people that say, hey, I'm there because I want to be there. I go to training because I want training. I believe I can learn. Did anybody here, I want your managers to see this. Raise your hand if you learn something new today, right now. Raise your hand. Something that you didn't know, something that you've never used before, something that you saw and you say, you know what, I like that. I think I'm going to start using that. That's what it's all about, guys. The whole point of this training is that you leave. I'm not going to sit here and just repeat my yellow card. Or repeat my white card and tell you the same thing over and over and over. Yes, we will go over the process. Yeah, we'll run it down. But I have to give you new nuggets every single time so you keep coming back. So you keep coming back because if I don't give you something new, if you don't feel like you took something out of it, and guys, let me tell you something. If you're not willing to invest an hour and a half to two hours twice a week in your career, you're doing it wrong. You're absolutely doing it wrong. So if you think this is a waste of time, I got Alex, this is an hour and a half of my time. Let me tell you something. You're doing it wrong. Because you can get better. Even if you're a manager, you can get better. How about you coming in here and doing this training right here for an hour and a half and never run out of anything to say? And keep going and make sure that you're sounding right and make sure that you're not, you don't sound like an idiot like I do sometimes. And make sure that you're giving people good content. And people are going to sit there and just watch you and, and criticize you and judge you. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. Try try yourself. So, guys, all I'm asking is this. Let's be humble. Let's be humble. Let's be thankful for these for this meetings, okay? Not for me, just for the fact that we're having these meetings, for the fact that we're able to grow, for the fact that, you know what, Te- technology has allowed us to still have these trainings so that we can get better. Guys, our grosses were amazing last month. And you don't think training has anything to do with that? Come on now. Come on now. I'm not saying it's all of it. I know there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. There's the inventory. There's your managers, the way we pencil deals, the way we submit them. A lot of things. Supply and demand. You know, the market right now. But you don't think training helped you make a deal that you probably weren't? Who here can say, Alex, I made a deal last month because of training. Raise your hand right now. There you go, managers. There you go. Because of the training that we had, it actually helped me remind, remind myself when I was out there in the middle of the battle to remember how to do something. So, guys, let's take these trainings serious. Please, let's take them serious. Mm-hmm. God bless you all. Don't forget to do your process. Don't forget our yes. buyback pandemonium. Don't forget to do your closes. Mr. Customer, are you looking for reasons to do this or are you looking for reasons not to do this? Managers, make sure you're doing all your, your work. We're staying here after the meeting right now. Managers will stay on the on the training – or not training, but on the meeting. We'll have a quick meeting. But, guys, you guys go out there. Make it happen. Go sell some cars. Yeah. Make me, some
1: appointments. I want to leave everybody with one thought really quick, okay? This is so – this is really important. That's why I'm interrupting you okay. that I want to do this, no, okay? I like it. Guys, I want you to understand something, right? If you don't do it, if you don't do the things that we spoke about today, if we don't – if you don't do the things – that you know you should be doing the extras, all that type of stuff. If you don't do it, somebody else will. Okay? If you don't do it, someone else will. If you don't try that close with that customer, then next, when that customer leaves and the next store that they go to, right, there's a chance that other person will do it. If you don't show up for training and pay attention and take notes, Okay? And be engaged with the training. If you don't do it right now on here, there are 73 other people that will. And those are 73 other people that will beat you. OK? That will beat you. They will sell more cars, they will make more money, they will provide more for their family, they will have more opportunities to grow. If you don't do it, someone else will. OK? If you don't redemo a customer because you say to yourself, oh, I already spent two hours with them. Oh, it's hot outside. Oh, if you don't do it, somebody else will. The exact same way, right? The exact same way that if Michael Jordan didn't show up early for practice and was the last person to leave, somebody else would. And there would be somebody else, right? Who was the goat of basketball. Let's not get into the you know, into the discussion of LeBron and Michael, right? But the point is that if you don't do it, someone else will. Do you want someone else to do? Do you want someone else to be number one in Texas? Not at all. Do you want someone else to be number one in the country? Nope.
0: So I got to do things that somebody else is not doing.
1: You have to do like this. Exactly like this, okay? If the guy who is number one in the state If the guy who has been number one in the state for a long time, for a long, if that person will do more, why do you do it? Because if you don't, somebody else will catch me. Somebody else will. Okay. And that started when he was selling cars. If you didn't jump in the trunk a bunch of times to do closes and stuff, somebody else would have. Ladies and gentlemen, bottom line of the whole thing, you got to do what you got to do. And if you don't, somebody else will. You've got to do the extra. You've got to do the extra. If not, somebody else will. You've got to give 110% because if not, somebody else will. All right? You've got to make that money because if not, someone else will.
0: Amen. I love that. Thank you, Frank, for being Let's here, guys. Thank you for being here, guys. Have a great day. God bless you all. People are missing deals every day. Don't let one person, okay, give you, okay, at that sentence. Don't take it. Say, no, 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 I'm not ready to die. I'm not a quitter. Let me have the deal. Let me take it to somebody else. Let me call Aflo and see what he can do, okay? God bless y'all. Have a great day. Go make it happen, okay? Thank y'all.